0: Well, it's good to be here. How many of you guys like greasy spoons? You know what a greasy spoon is? Yes, everybody, I mean, if you guys ever been to a greasy spoon, if you've never been to a greasy spoon, you're missing out. And you say, what's a greasy spoon? A greasy spoon's one of those little too small because they're packed out all the time little grills. If you've ever been to El Reno and you got a grilled Indian cheeseburger at uh, SIDS, which is my favorite, we, go up, we grew up going to Johnny's, but we left Johnny's to go to SIDS. Um, well, my father-in-law, he works in, in Chickasha, so I got to go to Chickasha to get my oil changed, and I went to this little, uh, this little uh, what, do you, what did I just call it, greasy spoon in Chickasha called J&W Grill. Anybody ever been there? Can I get a witness? All right, you guys need to try J&W. If you haven't tried J&W, you need to go there. J&W, Coney's, and Burgers. I mean, they're to die for. I went there for breakfast because I got there. I was getting my oil change. I left. I borrowed a, a vehicle, left, went to there for breakfast. And then after I got my oil change, I went there for lunch. Two times in one day. You know it's good when the, waiter, when the waitress, she recognizes you and says, You're back. But anyways, this waitress, I cannot tell you how good of a waitress she was. I mean, this little place, it's got like uh, 15 bar stools, and then it's got everything, you know, all the other just waiting seating, okay? There was, I counted at one point, there was 28 people in this little greasy spoon waiting on a hamburger. It was amazing. And here's the cool thing. The waitress, there was only one waitress, and she did an amazing job. If you ever go through Chickasha, go there because you're going to get to see the best waitress that there is on the planet Earth. I mean, she was amazing. I mean, she remembered everybody's drink. She, she worked her butt off, and she got paid. I mean, there was people walking out there going, thanks, Brandy, thanks, Brandy, and she'd grab like a 20 and throw it in her tip jar, $5, throw it in her tip jar. I mean, I guarantee she had $300 just in the time that I was there. I mean, she worked her butt off. Well, here's the thing. I, I want to talk about something that maybe relates to that, and, and here's how I want to do it. How many of you guys have ever heard of the term day working? or the phrase day working. If you're a day worker, listen, if you're a day worker in the cowboy industry, what do you do? You work days. You go to a ranch, they may be branding or you know or pregging some cows or whatever and you show up, you work for the day and then your job is done on that ranch. And then you move on, maybe go to the next ranch or maybe do something else at the next ranch. That's called a day worker. There's not really any commitment to the to the ranch. You just show up, do your day's work and then you're gone. In the in the December issue Of the Western Horseman, how many of you guys get this magazine? Anybody get this magazine? Oh, you need to, man. It's the best magazine ever. The Western Horseman, in this Western Horseman December issue, they had an article, or they have an article called The Last of the Bedroll Cowboys. And it's talking about day workers and how they live out of their bedroll. They go and they travel around and they just work on different ranches for a certain amount of time. And then they leave. And one of the guys in the article, he said this. He said, I came to a ranch with the understanding that when I showed up, or when the wagon pulled in from doing the work, I pulled out. When the wagon and the Brandon and all the work and the calves were over, he pulled out. And then he was able to go on and see new country. And it's a great article. I hope that you'll look it through. If I had it to do all over, if I was single, which I praise God, I'm not. (laughs) Did you guys hear that? Can I say that again? I praise God I'm not single, but when I was single, I loved adventure. I went to, I went everywhere I could. I went to Israel. I've been to London. I've been to New York. I've been, I've been everywhere. I've been all across. I've been to Washington. I love to travel. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have traveled and I would have been a day worker. Um, I would have loved to have seen different ranches and and do that. But here's the thing. There's a difference between a day worker and a full-time hand, Right? Day workers, really no commitment, come and go, buy the seat of their pants, enjoy life, but there is a difference between being a full-time hand. Nowadays, nowadays, listen, there are benefits to being a full-time hand on a ranch. You say, what are those benefits? Well, in most cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, the benefits, you get insurance, which is always what your mom and your dad told you to get when you get a job, right? Right? I mean, that's all my parents cared about. You get a job that has insurance, son. I mean, that's all they ever told me. You might have insurance. You might get all the beef that you can eat. They might supply all the beef that you can eat. They might supply a, a ranch house, maybe a ranch pickup, uh, the possibility of running your own cattle. Um, there are so many benefits to, to being a full-time cowboy on a ranch, not to mention the ranch owner benefits as well. How does he benefit? He benefits because you, he knows that you're not going to leave him right in the middle of the work, right? He knows that you're going to stick around, you're going to be there, you're committed. Also, he knows that if you have a family, there's going to be less headaches on the ranch because you're more committed to your family. The the other benefits may be that you take more pride in your work because you are committed to the brand. You're committed to writing for that ranch. Now, here's the spiritual application I want you to hear this. On God's ranch, there are no day workers. I want you to get it. In God's pasture, in on God's ranch, there are no day workers. There, there, there's no room. God wants you to be a committed, full-time hand on his crew for the rest of your life. Do you hear that? Let's give the Lord a hand. That's a good, good point. As Christians, listen, we are called to be full-time hands for Christ. There is no here today, gone tomorrow. There's no, hey, I'm committed today, and I'm not committed tomorrow. There's no, hey, I'll be committed at church, but when I leave, I'm going to live for myself. It's all about me. There's no day workers. And you may be thinking, what does a Christian day worker look like? Now, I'm going to describe this to you. And if this is you, this is not to make you feel guilty. I don't believe that guilt trips motivate anybody for very long. But I want you to be the judge on whether this is true. And it may be true for you. Uh, a Christian day worker looks like this. You just go through the motions. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going to go to church. I mean, I don't got nothing else to do. I mean, you know, it, it's just what you do. I mean, my mom and dad, they just taught me to go to church. And church is okay. I'm just going to go. Uh, when you go to church, um, you, you go to church when there's nothing else to do. <laughs> when, when you come to church, you may sing, but you may not. That's whatever. God doesn't deserve my worship today. <laughs> you may give the, the, if you're a Christian day worker, you may give the pocket change in your pocket, but you do that after you bought something really nice for yourself. You're, if you're a Christian day worker, you may read your Bible on the screen or the Bible on the screen, but other, the rest of the week, not so much. As you, if you're a Christian day worker, you're, you, you don't have a passion to share your faith. And you let opportunities just go by the wayside. Listen, the truth is this. As a Christian, as a day-working Christian, there is no true commitment. But here's the thing. I want you to get this. If you are, if you're a day worker, listen to me. This church was created to reach day workers. I want you to hear that. You may be thinking, Bo's just a flat-out jerk. He's like every other pastor, and he makes me feel guilty when I come to church. No, listen. I'm exposing truth into your life so that you can become a full-time hand for Christ. It's not a guilt trip. It's not to make you feel like a jerk. It's to show you how you can live your life to honor Christ. If you don't, you're missing out. And guess what? The church is missing out, too, because you've got things that you need to give to the church Like your gifts, and the church is missing out on those too. And so there's no room for Christian day workers. And you might be saying, "Well, dang it, that's me. I'm a Christian day worker. How do I become a full time hand for Christ?" All right, you ready for this? Everybody taking notes. Everybody awake. I turn the air off. Okay, are you guys cooling down a little bit? Is it better? All right. If you get cold, move down. Move down. It's, it's 10 degrees cooler down here. But here's the thing. How do we become a full-time hand for Christ? There's two keys to becoming a full-time hand. Number one is this. You ready? And again, you might be thinking, Bo is so practical. He just teaches such practicality. And guess what? It's on purpose. <laughs> it's on purpose. You know why? Because I can't assume that you know everything that I know. There's a lot of people that are in here today that don't know anything about the Bible. And guess what? We're glad they're here. (laughs) We're glad they're here. Number one, how to be a full-time hand is this. First of all, you have to know the cow boss personally. Think about it. You gotta know the cow boss personally. If you were to go to any ranch and try to work on that ranch and you didn't know somebody, you'd be hard pressed to get on at that ranch, right? You usually have to know the manager or you have to know a cowboy or you have to know the cow boss to be able to get on at that ranch. You got to know somebody. And here's the truth. If you're going to be a hand for God, you've got to know his son, Jesus Christ, personally. You say, I want to be a full-time hand. How do I work my way into that? You don't work your way into anything. You surrender to God through his son, Jesus. Look at 1 John 5, verses 1 and 12. Listen to what it says. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. And then verse 12, he who has the Son has life. But he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You say, well, how do I become a full-time hand for him? You've got to know his Son personally. It's not just about being religious. It's not just about talking about it. It's not just about, you know, putting a face on every Sunday morning and acting like you know Christ and then walking out and not truly living for him. You know what that shows? It maybe shows that you're lost and you truly don't know him. So it's not about being religious. It's not about a denomination. It's not even really about coming to church and acting the part. It's about knowing Jesus Christ personally. This is the only way that you can become a full-time hand. And you say, well, how do I do that? It means that you commit to his ranch. It means that you surrender your life. It means that you ask for forgiveness of your sins. You give him your life and you say, I want to know you and I want to give you my all. That's what it means to know him personally. And you say, well, Bo, what's the benefits? I see a lot of Christians, they're just a bunch of sour pusses, good for nothing jerks. And you know what? Some cases, it's very true. And guess what? We love them too because we want to see them become sweeter, not sour. (laughs) And so listen, what are the benefits of knowing Christ or or the cow boss, which is Christ? Well, like a lot of ranches, you get a house. Guess what? If you come to know Christ, you get an eternal mansion in heaven. Can I get a witness? I want mine to be made out of log. (laughs) I, i want i want it all i want the long horn hanging on my mansion wall you know what i'm saying maybe shoot a buffalo in heaven is that too much to ask listen you say what are the benefits you get a heaven or you get a home in heaven guess what you get not just like the ranch hand who gets all the beef he can eat guess what when you come to know christ he feeds you spiritually He gives you all the food that you can take in. He gives you all of his word. He gives you all the joy that you can have. He gives you all the peace that you can have. He will feed you until you're full and you will be satisfied like you've never been satisfied before. That's the benefit. Guess what else he'll do? He'll wipe away your past. How many of you guys got a past? Anybody got a past? Thank you very much. How many of you guys have been forgiven of your past by Jesus Christ? Amen. That's what he does. He wipes away our past. What else does he do? He shows us that we're never alone. And he gives us the things that we need. And can I just keep it real for here in just a second? Or for just a second? Listen, it's not all peach cobbler when you give your life to Christ, is it? You know what else comes along with giving yourself to Christ? Heartache. Pain. Work. Work. Sweat. Sacrifice. Listen, if you give your life to Christ, guess what? There's going to be a fight on your hands. You know why? Because Satan is still alive. He wants to kick you in your teeth. He wants to take you down. You know why? Because he hates you and he's a liar and he wants to see you fall. That's why there's always a fight when you give your life to Christ. And so here's the thing. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. Listen, can I just give you a word of advice? Count the cost. Because it's going to cost you something. And if, you're not, if, if you don't want to pay the price, listen, you, you better just rethink what you're thinking. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't just say you're going to give your life to Christ and not truly commit count the cost, and then commit. So listen, if you're going to be a full-time hand and not just a day worker, you must know Christ personally. Here's number two, and I'm done. You ready? How many of you guys like short short messages? Anybody? Can I get a witness? Caleb? Anybody? Short messages are of God, amen? I, I, I go to some, and never mind, I'm not going to talk about other preachers. But I go to some, I'll say something. I go to some uh, sermons and I listen to some sermons and all they do is repeat themselves. If I can't say what I can't say in about 20 minutes, then I'm not going to say it. My mom always told me, you stand up, you speak up, you shut up, and you sit down. (laughs) But here's the thing. Here's the number two. If you're going to be a full-time committed hand for Christ, listen to this. You must do things the cowboss's way. And you say, who's the cow boss? Christ is the cowboss. You know, if you were to go to a ranch and you were to be hired on at this ranch, guess what that cow boss is going to expect you to do? He's going to expect you to do it his way. I mean, if I go and I start building a fence the way that I want to build it, guess what? I'm not going to be able to stay there very long. If, I, if, I, if he wants to run him through the chute and I want to drag him, I'm probably not going to be there very long. You know what that shows? It shows I'm not committed to the cow boss. I'm just a jerk. I'm just living for myself. But listen, if you're going to be a full-time hand, you have to do it the cowboss's way. If you truly know Christ, you will do things His way. Our obedience shows that we are truly committed to Him. 1 John 5 again, 2 and 3, it says this. This is how we know that we love the children of God. You know how we know? By loving God and carrying out His commands this is love for God not that we love ourselves but but we are to obey his commands you say well how do I know if you're a Christian or not you obey the cow boss and can I just say this you're not always gonna you're not always gonna get it right right I'm gonna fail you're gonna fail you're gonna do something the cow boss didn't want you to do which is Christ you're gonna you're gonna disobey, but listen. Praise God that He forgives you. That His mercies are new every day. Amen. Can I get a little excitement in here? <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I don't know about you. I got some turkey this weekend. And can I just throw this into? A lot of you guys think maybe I, maybe I'll just work my way in. You can't work your way in. Uh, The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. This is not of yourselves. This is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And you say, well, I'm just going to come to church more. And it ain't going to get you into heaven. You say, I'll just give more money. Give it. But it ain't going to get you to heaven. (laughs) Was that a pastor's comment right there? I had to throw it in. I don't do that very often. You got to get in when I can. You say, "Well, Bo, what does it look like?" I mean, if I can't work my way in, how do I get in? And what does it work like, or what does it look like to, to, to do it Christ's way? Here's a couple of ways, and I, and I'm done. Ready? If it if it it looks like this, it means that you say no to sin and you say yes to living for God. I, I know that's simple. But that's, that's, that's good stuff. What does it look like to be a full-time hand for Christ and to do it his way? It means that you say no to sin and temptation, and you say yes to living for God. Every way that you can. Whether it's by, you know, your job, whether it's by the, your family, whether it's by your kids. You say no to sin, and you say yes to living for God. Look at Titus 2. It says this. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to the ungodliness and the worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. You know what the blessed hope is? It's Christ. He's going to return. Listen to what else it says. The glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify purify for himself a people his very own, eager to do what is good. Just like you, I, I know I'm, I'm a sinner just like you. And guess what? I'm eager to sin a lot. Anybody with me? Can I get a witness? Here's what the Bible teaches us to do. It says that you are to say no to sin and eager to do what's good. You know how you do that? You spend time with God daily, knowing His Word so that you can fulfill His Word in your life. That's how you do it. And so you've got to be eager to do what's good, not just to please yourself. Um, The second part is this. The things that that we have to do to do it His way, we have to be committed to His ranch. In other words, you've got to be committed to the church, right? Right? If I were to be honest, and and again, this isn't a guilt trip. Please don't take it as a guilt trip. I want to show you something. If I were to be honest as your pastor, I would have to say this. There have been few people that have done a lot of the work in our church. I want you to think about it. I'm not saying that all of you haven't given something because a lot of you have. And praise God, we got a lot of workers that are full-time. They don't get paid, but they volunteer but here's the truth: in a lot of places, there are there's a short percentage or a small percentage that does most of the work. anybody anybody with me? Can I, can I read you a poem that maybe uh, helps with this? This poem's called "The Ten Percent," and it's by Baxter Black. Any Baxter Black fans? Yeah, Baxter Black. Uh, this was in uh, November, no September issue of Western Horseman. Listen, it's called "The Ten Percent." It says 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And they get to do it for nothing and that's the only perk. They ask to do, they're asked to donate to causes, contribute their cash and their time, get up early, usually stay up late and they're always and they always claim they don't mind. They serve on boards and commissions, partake in, or participate in the potluck, bring snacks for the kindergartners for hay rides, they furnish the truck. They take their turn on the, on the fair board as elders or soccer moms, jury duty and Salvation Army ringing bells and gathering alms, raise funds for endless projects, the food bank, the FFA, missions in faraway countries, Girl Scouts, and PTA. They call on the shut-ins, fight cancer, and maybe teach others to read. Through Rotary, Lions, or Kiwanis, they work to fulfill a need. The 10% you can count on to sign up to help and belong. Always ready and willing, they make their communities strong. They often don't get the glory or notice by everyone. But they're they're easy to find at the party, cleaning up after it's done. What causes man to serve his fellow man, at best I discern. Not money, sometimes thanks, is all that they earn. And it can't be evolution, where only the toughest survive, or lessons learned in a classroom. Compassion, see page 25. But it's there in certain people, giving giving satisfies their needs. They can't find it in a brain scan, but you can see it in their deeds. No, No physical exam can spot it. It won't show up on a chart. But if I had to guess what it is, I would say it comes from the heart. So I'll just admit that we're lucky to have the 10% right here because without them nothing would happen and they do it all volunteer. You know what the Greek word for vol is? To work like a horse. You know what the the Greek word for untier is? It means without pay. And so here's the thing. If we're going to Listen, if we're going to be committed to the church, we have to give it all we've got. There are 10 percenters in every organization, in every group, but there is one place that there should not be 10% of people doing not 100% of the work, and that's in the church. Not very many amens on that. <clears throat> Listen. If, if we're going to take our church to a whole nother level, and guess what? As your pastor, my vision is big. You know why my vision is big? Because I believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he can do anything he wants, and I want to be a part of it. You say, Bo, how are we going to build this covered arena? I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know that God's going to be a part of it, and I want to be a part of it as well. You say, how are we going to reach the jerks of this world, the lost, the the sickos, the the people that do all the things wrong? How are we going to reach them? I don't know how God wants to use us, but He's going to use us if we're willing to be used. But I can't do it by myself. 10% of us can't do it by ourselves. You have to be a full-time hand just like us. Can you imagine... Can you imagine what our church would look like if everybody in this room was a full-time hand? Can you imagine? Here's the truth. All of you have been given gifts by God, and you are called to use them for the church. Listen, I'm not telling you don't be a part of FFA. I'll probably be a parent that supports my kids in the FFA. I'm not telling you to don't join the Lions Club or the Roundup Club. I'm not telling you to quit all that stuff. But here's the thing. If you will make it a commitment to serve in the church, God will bless you over and beyond. You know why? Because you're going to make an eternal difference, not just a worldly difference. Can you get that? Listen to Romans 12, 6 and 8. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern dig- diligently. If it is mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Maybe your gift is your brain. And we need your brain. Maybe your gift is your brawn. And we need your brawn. Maybe your gift is your money. I said it twice in one sermon, okay? Maybe your gift is your money. You think, how are we going to do this? If, if all of you would be full-time hands and you would give your tithe like God has called you to give your tithe, we won't know what to do with the money that God gives us. And you say, Bo, aren't you taken care of? I am a rich man if you don't give, I'll still survive. You say, are you really rich? Do you have millions? I don't have any money, but I am rich. You know why I'm rich? Because I know Christ, and guess what? He supplied me with a ranch house. He supplied me with an eternal ranch house. He supplied me with a wonderful family, and he gives me a little change in my pocket to buy a steak with, and I'm rich. Some of you need to understand that if you don't give your money, again, this church will not go to the next level. It takes resources to to reach people, and we need you to give. And it's not just for your, it's not just for the benefit of the church, and again, I don't need your money, I'm not asking for your money personally, but look at Proverbs 3, it says, honor God with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. You know what this verse is saying? If you'll do what God has commanded you to do and give a portion back of what he's already given you, he will bless you. And you say, is it a get-rich scheme? Absolutely not. You won't be rich, but you'll be blessed. So listen, it takes all of us to do it. And the amount isn't important, there's another scripture that i could read but it says if you will reap if you will sow generously you will reap generously so i encourage you those of you that want to be daytime or uh, full-time hands give your money not because i need it but because the church needs it not because i want to buy a new truck i've got an 08 dodge that i love and i'm fine with i need your money god needs your money know why because we want to see the unchurched come to christ And it takes committed people, full-time hands to do that. Maybe your gift is leadership. Maybe your gift is doing things behind the scenes. And you say, Bo, I'm not good enough. I have a past. Everybody in this place knows that I did that. Listen, can I just encourage you? Stop allowing the devil to hobble you and keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Commit your life to Christ. If he has come into your life, he has forgiven you of your past stop bringing it up, stop using it as an excuse, and start serving the Lord. So full-time Christian hands, know Christ personally, and do things His way. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Here's my question. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, and you say, why do we bow our heads and close our eyes? We only do that because if you have ADD like me, it helps you concentrate. It helps you focus on what God may be saying to you. And so here's my question Are you just a day worker or are you a full time hand? Are you giving nothing of your time or your resources to this church or to the kingdom of God or are you giving all you got? Are you using your gifts for the eternal glory of God or are you just going through the motions? Maybe you're letting your past hold you back. Listen, if you're letting your past hold you back, can I just encourage you, let Jesus unhobble you. Let him pull the hobbles off of your past. Right now, where you're seated, maybe you just need to say, okay, God, I've let the past haunt me way too long, and I'm ready to give it up. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. Forgive me, forgive me for not doing things your way. Just let it go. Allow Him to handle it. Maybe you're here today, and the first thing you need to do is to come to know the cow boss personally. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Now's the time. If there's ever a time in our country and in your life that you needed to know Christ personally, it's now. You will never survive in this world alone. You have to know Christ personally. And so maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Christ. Listen, here's what it takes. It's not giving money. It's not joining the church. It's giving your heart in your life to him. It's saying, please, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and I want you to come into my heart and save me. It's that simple prayer. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you need to say to the Lord, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be a full-time hand for you. Maybe that's you. Maybe in your seat right now, you just need to pray that prayer. Just silently. And allow God to hear it. In your heart, not just your words, but in your heart, you surrender your life. Some of you are already Christians, but you're not full time. Some of you need to join a team. Some of you need to start giving a tithe to the church. Some of you need to come to me or one of our elders or one of the team leaders and say, how can I serve on your team? Some of you need to give up something and you're too busy. You're too busy working for the world and you need to start working for the church. You need to start working for God. You need to focus your efforts and your energy and your time on working for an eternal difference, not just a worldly difference. Listen, God wants you to be a full-time hand, not just a day worker. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're the Christian that needs to go from being a day worker to a full-time hand. Listen, no matter what decision you make today, if you've given your heart to Christ for the first time, and maybe you've recommitted today, and you've become that full-time hand, you've committed to God to say, I want to be a full-time hand. I want to live it out Monday through Sunday. Listen, if you made a decision today, we want to know about it. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. All we ask you to do is fill out an orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, on the guest table, and we will contact you. Listen, do not do this alone. Remember, you've got a fight on your hands. If you made a commitment today, the devil is going to come after you, and you need help. And so fill one of those out so that we can contact you and walk through life together with you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your, your promises in your word. I thank you that, that you have called us to be full-time hands for you. And Lord, may we live our lives in, in a way that says no to sin and yes to living for you. May we live our lives committed to your church, committed to the hands that are in this place so that we can make an eternal difference for your glory. Lord, help us. Give us the strength. Give us the sacrifice. Give us the sweat. Give us the work. Give us whatever it takes so that we can be full-time for you. And we promise, Lord, to give you the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here.